Hello, everybody. This is Kirk Cabana, and welcome to this week's episode of Pursuit for Purpose. Thank you to everybody that is listening here live today, and those of you that are listening to this on the recording. I hope the next time that we have an event like this, where audience participation is fully encouraged, that you get the chance to share something that might help somebody else. This week, we're going to be talking about what's worked for you. For those that don't know, Pursuit for Purpose brings the world's most passionate athletes and coaches together in a community environment, just like this, to encourage our goals and aspirations. By helping provide the teachings and principles of the greatest minds before us and the greatest, greatest minds with us, the people around us will receive the foundations to build the rest of their lives and become champions of character. This week, we're joined by as many people that, as we can fit in. It's your time to share and hopefully inspire someone in a similar situation as you to take you uh, what has worked for you and have it hopefully be something that can work for them. Now, look, we're all different. What works for one might not work for another, but we can all find relevant connections to the things that we're doing by hearing about the experiences of others. I'm excited for this chance to hear from the community. Guys, uh, again, I'm thankful that uh, all of you guys have already jumped in and, and are willing to share and and uh, just connect a little bit here with us. Um, I wanted to start it off with with uh, Zach. You know, I might just kind of go in order that's on my screen here. But uh, Zach, uh, appreciate you being on. Uh, if you don't mind uh, giving us a, a little intro and then, uh, you know, I'll ask you a couple questions. Kirk, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on this space tonight. So I'm very excited to uh, get to discuss what's worked for our program at the University of Charleston. Uh, but for those that do not know me, I'm the Director of Player Development at the University of Charleston. Awesome. I appreciate, again, you being on uh, and uh, without trying to uh, be... <laughs> Too much of a homer. Dude, I love what you guys are doing. It, it, it excites me following you as just a, as a program um, because of the people inside of it. That, that's what excites me the most is, is the people that are in that program are the people that are bringing that vision to life. And, uh, you know, you guys have shared some great stuff. I love seeing your notes that you take about different things that you listen to. I mean, I, I just love the people inside that program. So you know, please, again, uh, you know, share, share what's worked for you and your program? I think with our program, it's always just putting each individual at the forefront. Uh, we want to create uh, you know, leaders and champions and, and graduate stewards in their own in our community. And it's just a, a really a beautiful program because I know in education, I'm, I'm a, also a high school uh, special education teacher. And I know one of our huge things is every student can learn, but we also want to make uh, sure that each uh, player that we have also is well-rounded. So community service is a huge part of my uh, role at the University of Charleston. Uh, but also uh, just, you know, I think because our guys are out in the community, they're serving others and serving their teammates every single day. It just makes them uh, be become cultivated into being a leaders, not only to themselves, but also their teammates. And uh, we try to keep things simple. We go, you know, one pitch at a time, one inning at a time, uh, one game at a time. And I think that's been what's uh, really helped our program have a lot of success this year and in years past. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and obviously, uh, as we have team success, there is uh, also some individual success. Congratulations to you guys on uh, just having the no hitter that you guys threw. I'm sure that had to be a, an awesome moment for that that young man. And I'm sure he's, you know, 
learned a lot and, and, and getting that kind of reward, I bet makes him buy in that much more to the process of what you guys are trying to do over there. That's right. Colt Webb is uh, very much so into the mental game. And uh, he's actually did a study with our program in regards to the mental game and just understanding you know, how our guys are feeling after each event, their stress level, uh, what can provide our program with, with uh, help and value in the mental game. And uh, so because of that, he's just, I mean, he is what you want in the pitcher in regards to his competitiveness and focusing on going one pitch at a time. So I was super excited for him. Um, and I believe uh, we found out it was the first no hitter in our program since 2000. So it's been 22 years and uh, it was one whale of a, of a ball game. It was, it was awesome. That's, that's very cool. That's very cool. Um, I wanted to ask a, a personal question. What, um, you know, and, and I'm saying this because I feel like it, it's got to be working for you because you're sharing these insights of what you're learning from these other great minds and people that you're listening to, you know, wh what's worked for you from jotting down that stuff and, and sharing your notes on podcasts and stuff that you've listened to? I appreciate the question here. Um, it's really been a process. Uh, I started off, oh boy, I don't know, maybe maybe the second year I, I was a coach. And uh, it's just through repetition. It's been a refining process with note-taking. Uh, but you find similarities when you listen to all these interviews. Uh, success leaves clues, definitely. And these guys are, are really, really, really great coaches. And uh, I think you can, you can sponge up information from all kinds of coaches. Everyone's different. Everyone coached to their own style, but it works for them because they're being themselves and really good fundamentals come in all shapes and sizes. And that's one thing with our training environment is we give our players sort of a buffet or, or a menu of items on how to accomplish a task in the game of baseball. We, we drill it out and then we ask our players what, what, what uh, they feel it works best for them. And that's what they do. So they, so they really become their own best coach through that. So that's what these notes and all these coaches have, have really taught me is give your players options, allow them to, to, to use trial and error, and that should work for them. And it's worked for us, definitely. Uh, but the, the biggest part that's helped me with my note-taking is, is having the takeaway section, being able, being able to look over those notes, remember what was really important in the conversation to myself, and uh, then I can just look back and just recall what I learned from each note section. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an ongoing process. It's by no means uh, perfect. Um, there's things that, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I forgot that. Um, so it's just something I'm, I'm still trying to improve upon, but it's been so, so, and so important and so helpful, especially if it's a free resource. So like a podcast. Uh, so it's just, it's just been awesome. Exactly. And you mentioned three things right there that I just have to repeat because they're just so awesome. <laughs> Success leaves clues and, you know, and, and these people are being themselves. And that's just what's so awesome to see just the different variations of how much different kinds of success there are through the different personalities that we all have. And then, uh, you know, third, that you're helping players become their own best coach. You know, and, that, and that's awesome. And, and just even you stating that fits right into the whole topic of what we're trying to talk about of what's what works for them. And, and so I, I appreciate, uh, you know, that sentiment of what you're doing with your note taking and 
sharing the success of what leaves clues. And that's why I wanted to bring, you know, everybody together here tonight to share their own perspectives. And hopefully everybody gets a, an ounce of an opportunity of feeling like they got something out of somebody else's perspective. And I, I really do believe that, you know, many of the times as this thing continues to, to grow, we're going to learn more from the people that are inside this ship than from me talking to a singular person. I think it's the community that's going to help each other more than anything. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, the process of Pursuit for Purpose continuing to grow, uh, you know, week by week. And, and I'm super thankful for everybody that's uh, taking the time to be on here tonight. So, uh, Zach, uh, appreciate that. I, I do want to come back to you, I do, but I do understand, uh, you know, everybody's got lives and everything so if you do have to run no no offense taken but uh, if you wanted to hang on i definitely do have some more questions to you but wanted to get uh to a couple of the other guests as well yeah sounds good i will i'm planning on hanging on my wife might need me but uh, uh i appreciate you having me on so <laughs> absolutely zach I'll appreciate it thank you uh next i wanted to bring up scott scott uh please if you can uh, introduce yourself uh real fast and then i'll ask you a couple of questions Great. Uh, my name is Scott Pickens. I'm the head coach at Mid Michigan uh, College. It's my first year, and uh, we're starting out pretty good so far. So. Absolutely. And I, another program that, that uh, I'm enjoying watching as well, too. Uh, uh, you know, you go through the recruiting process, you start talking to people all around the country, and it's just fun to start peeking into the you know, into the behind the scenes of, of what's going on and the different talent that, that programs have and just recognizing that baseball is good everywhere. And all that matters is the people that are on a team. It doesn't really matter the location. So, Scott, what, what's working for you guys over there? Well, you know, um, I spent a few years with the Tigers as a bullpen catcher and I got a chance to, to meet with some strength coaches and they really helped me out with, with how the body moves. And so I kind of give my own guys a little gist of maybe their relationship to their own balance points. And then I kind of talk about that. Um, and, then, and then they they can kind of make their own adjustments based on what they feel. So there's kind of less coaching going on. Like we're 31 games in, I've given zero signs. I haven't given a steal sign. I haven't called a pitch. Um, I haven't done anything. We threw, we threw three shutouts and two no hitters this weekend. We were three plays away from two perfect games. Um, and the players are shifting and calling their own game. And that's, that's kind of based on some of the stuff that we're doing. Uh, a couple of our players have their own routines and, and, uh, and they, they, you know, they'll talk to me about it and, and it really works for them. So I let it go. But at the same time, you know, just speaking with them with some kind of um, conversation to what they can feel. And then once that's done, then I feel like my coaching's done. So I just kind of let them play. And so far it's really worked out for us. I love, I love to hear that. That's, that's so unique uh, and and obviously awesome that the players know the system and your philosophy of what you're trying to convey that you can trust them enough to let them essentially call their game be the athletes that they are because they know the philosophy that that you have um can you speak to a little bit about how you've gotten that connection and trust with your players well, we start out um, kind of explaining how the body works. There are seven different layers of myofascial tissue which connect to your body. So there are some absolutes for your balance points, kind of like the strength coach in the weight room. He kind of doesn't want you to hinge out too much with your butt because then you might create injury on a squat. So you really need to stay in your heels. And that, 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 um, that makes your kinetic chain and your spinal column become the strongest athlete that you can be for what you're currently at. 
And so we talk a lot about staying heel side, staying tall. Um, sometimes it depends on, you know, the pitcher's hands, where they separate from, if they add a twist, if they add a delivery that, that might cause them to be a little more rotational. So we, we speak a lot on linear and then rotational. And we have a lot of linear hitters. And we have a lot of linear pitchers. And that allows the ball to stay lower in the zone. And that also allows our hitters to hit the ball low in the zone. So, um, which, which is really, I mean, we're leading, we're leading our conference and batting average and slogging and total bases. And, and I think we just, we just ranked ourselves six in the country for ERA. Um, so we're doing really well on, on all of it based on how you feel. And so knowing those absolutes, you know, the players can kind of do their own routine every day. Now we might have a dynamic warm up, and then we do our bands and then we have like a little, you know, small group sessions. But for the most part, when your catchers can see what the pitcher's feeling and then, and then discuss with them what they're, what they're at at that point in time, um, you know, every five days, your uh, 20% of your small muscle tissue regenerates. So when you hand the ball off to the pitcher, he's not going to feel the same way every single time, but he'll also know his own structure on how to get to his own performance. So if we have a catcher back there understanding where to put the glove based on what the pitcher's doing, we have hitters understanding what the pitcher's doing uh, based on what their movements are. And we can kind of look and zone in to hit those key areas um, and maybe look for a ball up with a hands-high separator and what I say is a hand-side separator is anybody that's got their hands separating above their belly button, then that makes them drift to the plate a little bit a little bit faster than if their hands were lower than their belly button. Kind of like a tennis server in uh, tennis. They lean backwards to throw the ball up, which makes them in a non-rotational position. So for hitters to lean backwards towards a catcher when they swing, they'll get themselves in a non-rotational position, and that causes you to – you can pull your obliques, and I did that in college. So we teach our hitters to keep their head in front of their belly button towards the pitcher's side, which is less injury. And so with our pitchers with hands low, um, that also creates them to stay on their heels more, which creates less arm drag, which creates more balls in the zone. So we, we have one pitcher that can throw, you know, upper 80s, low 90s, but everybody else is 82 to 86 probably. And, and we're doing this with non-velocity, but we're also doing it with one guy with velocity, and he did really well today, and he ended up getting a no-hitter. So um, it's just nice to watch them do it themselves. You know, I, I talked to some people today, and I'm like, man, if I were to call the game for the guys and I, and I called two no-hitters, I wouldn't have been as happy as if watching them do it themselves. So when we get a chance to, like, understand how your body is supposed to move and there's some certain connection points, then you can kind of stay in non-error positions. You know, you can, if you're, if you're a guy that's in your heels, you're stronger. If your guy is maybe leaning in your toes, then you're weaker. So as long as they know those differences, I can't feel it for them. So if they, if they're the ones that can feel their own movements and they know how to make their own adjustments, what is left to be said besides making sure that they prepare and they do their routine. So that's kind of how we, I guess we talk about it and then we talk about it in a way so that the players can make their own feeling. And if somebody's got their own routine, I understand that's totally fine. But at the same time, there is a way that everybody does move for absolutes. You don't hear a strength coach in the weight room say, get on your toes to, to squat. They tell them to stay in their heels. So if we go off of that method and there's absolutes to your balance points, then we kind of leave it at that. And then if the catchers and the pitchers work together and the catcher can help the pitcher stay in line, if the pitcher already knows how to make his own adjustments, then why should I call the game? So there's certain spots the hitters stand in. Let's say they're really open to close and they have their feet wider than their shoulders. They're probably going to have their head rotate back to the catcher and their bat will be more in a helicopter. 
it won't be as linear, it'll be more rotational. So that tells the defense to shift to pull side. So you split the field in half. And if you have a right-handed hitter up that's let's say open to closed and has wearing a leg guard and he's got a wide stance, he's probably going to punch his head towards the plate and lean to the catcher, which if he were to catch the fastest pitch that he sees in front of his front foot, that's going to be a pull side hard. So we'll shift the third baseman over to the shortstop over, put the second baseman over second base. And then everything to the right side of the field will be weak. So the right fielder move in towards the line. The first baseman will get off of the line. And so based on the hitter's stance, they can only create so many angles. And when I talk about angles, it means your head. So like if your ears are flat, then you're the best athlete you can be. So your brain takes on information from front to back timing, which is called depth perception on a, on a horizontal axis. So if your ears are level, then you can take on information the best. But as soon as you start tilting your head, you become less athletic. So if we tell everybody to start in their heels, whether they're pitching or they're hitting or they're fielding, then it keeps their head flat. So they can feel the difference when we talk about why it works. And then we just leave them alone. So we, we play like 50 games in the fall. And I'd probably say within three weeks, everybody kind of knows what to do. And then now we have to sit there and wait until the season starts. And we have indoor training and outdoor training. But we just scrimmage all the time because our guys know what to feel. So we base it on a strength and conditioning standpoint. And then we do it on balance points. And then we do it on on the hitters and then and the pitchers. And so everybody kind of knows what the body positions are based on the head and the belly button relationship because that's your balance points. So if your balance points are off, then you're going to have a crooked head. And the more crooked your head is, the more rotational of a player you are. So if a pitcher were to be a right-handed pitcher and they fall towards first base, they're going to have a lot of ear tilt. They're going to have a lot of arm drag. You should probably look for the ball up. So we'll tell our hitters to get off their backside, but try not to angle your head. Where if we're facing a low-hands pitcher, we're going to probably get our back knee lower, kind of like Adrian Beltre. He gets his back knee down. And so we teach back knee down to get low in the zone to hit the, the good pitchers that are low. So we kind of cover the areas that we know that's coming. And then if you know what's coming and you know how to cover it, what am I supposed to say? You can't say anything else. So if you do your work as a coach, then you really don't teach in a game and we don't wear wristbands. We don't give signs. We just kind of let the guys do their own thing. Scott, you just absolutely blew my mind with an education lesson on just our physiology and just um, awesome aspects of of how the fundamentals of, of how our body works. And, and I just love that information. But my question in, in response is we all learn differently through, you know, visual, audio um, and, and just any number of different ways that we learn. How do you connect with some of these kids who who might not understand the physiological standpoint of the body and movements as easy as some of the other kids. I would say it probably helps because I went to school to be an elementary teacher and that helps me connect with people's personalities. Um, I mean, when you talk to somebody and they, you know, every time they throw a ball or they hit a ball, there's a story to be told about where the ball goes. And so if you can just relate them to their own feeling. So if let's say you're, your, your hands are separating by your chin and that, that accidentally gets you to travel with your head, with your glove, you're going to go to the rotational side so early that when you, that when you spin, your glove will be outside your hip. And the, as far as that glove is outside the hip, it'll start to pull your head sideways. Like a little kid, let's say three or four years old, they go around the room and they fly an airplane around the room. It's always a 90 degree angle with their head and their shoulders. They always stay intact. In so if the glove goes off to the side of the hip, 
then the ear starts to turn just a little and that that creates the arm drag so there's there's facts on what you feel but then there's facts on what you see other people do so most athletes learn by feel like i learned by feel i was connect, i was a kinesthetic learner and, and, you know, your right brain is majority kinesthetic. Your left brain is majority thinking. Like right now you're taking on information that I'm saying. I have to think about what I'm saying. So they're both left brain reactions. But let's say people that are holding their phone right now, like you feel yourself hold your phone more now that I talked about it versus versus when I didn't talk about it. So there's in your left brain, your right brain can't work at the same time. So if you can teach to feel instead of teach to think, then you're already better off. And, and so like when I was a, well, now that I'm a coach, I have my score is more of a visual learner. But when I was a player, my score is more of a kinesthetic learner. And athletes learn more by feel. So you're going to run into less athletes that learn visually because of the athletics is, us, is usually learned by feel. So we don't run into it as a problem when you're telling someone else how to make the adjustment by their own feeling. And it could be something is just lower your hands. Or if you're in the batter's box and your feet are wider than your shoulders, then that's going to make your back heel spin to the catcher and your head will full, fall back towards the catcher. And so by the time your hands reach your front foot, it will pull your bat out of the line. Whereas if you have your head in front of your belly button towards the pitcher and then you rotate your body without leaning backwards. So if you put your feet in a little closer, then you won't rotate backwards. So you won't miss your angle. So you can give the people the choice but they can feel the difference. And right at that point is when you make the, is when you make your point. So it's easy to teach, to feel if you can describe, I guess, say how the body would work. So if you can teach to how the body works, because there's only seven layers of myofascial tissue and you have to be that way. So let's say you're in a science classroom and you have an empty skeleton. It's just sitting there in the class and then you add muscles to it. You're going to connect like the left toe to like, let's say your right thumb and you know, your stomach muscles run sideways. So your right shoulder to your left hip and your left shoulder to your right hip, they're connected. That's why it's called CrossFit. So you have a rotational side and a non-rotational side to your body. So if we can stay more linear by staying as a hitter, we'd stay into the rotational side. But as a, as a, as a pitcher, we would go to non-rotational, then to rotational. As a fielder, we go non-rotational to a rotational. A quarterback in football will we'll lean backwards first and then throw forward. And their non-throwing hand is always in the middle of their body. And that's why they have accurate passes. So if you can put the person in a stance where they're in their heels and then lower their hands below or at their belly button, then, then that forces the body to move in a certain way where, you, where you'll be more linear. So if somebody, let's say, is a hands-eye separator and they want to stay with it, then you would have to teach them how to put their thumbs down and you would have to teach them to take their head away from their separation. They would have to think about it. But if you just put your hands at your belly button or below them and then separate, you naturally accidentally do it. So you can have some guys that are, maybe, I wouldn't say stubborn. It's just they would have to think about what they do. And if they forget about it and they're just in the moment, then they'll accidentally drift. So if you can put them in a position where they don't drift and then they can have their natural instinct, then that's just them competing and having fun with the moment. And so I don't, I don't think we really run into a lot of problems with it. I think that's why we're successful because most of the guys understand it. Now I have a catcher that's 23 years old. That really helps. Um, I have a pitcher that's 23 years old. That's that helps. But for the most part, they're all 17, 18, 19. They can understand it. I mean, we can get 10 year olds to understand this too. So if you just understand where your head and your belly button relationship is and when you're performing based on, I guess, where you would hold the bat or where you'd hold your hands to separate out of your glove, then those can really affect, you know, the outcome. 
But if you know the difference, then if you were to see a hands eye separating pitcher and he's he's spinning in uh, with his leg lift because he's got his feet scissored, then you know the ball is going to be like 95% up. And so as a catcher, when I was catching, I wouldn't have to block any off-speed pitches right at me. I'd always have to shift to my right for right-handed hitter, right-handed pitchers because they come across the line of direction. And we want them to stay on the line of direction. So the amount that they're off the line of direction before they pitch the ball is the amount that you're going to have to reach as a catcher. So if you can teach your catchers and your hitters and your pitchers how it all works, then you're kind of left with just letting them play the game. And right now we're 31 games in. And like I said, I haven't given a sign, but I'm really proud of my guys for understanding it. But at the same time, you can teach them more just on because of there's an absolute. And everybody says that everybody learns differently, but the we're all built the same. Like everybody's got their left thumb on their left hand. You know, everybody's got their right ear on the right side of their head. You know, so if your body parts don't change and you can understand your own, um, your own ability to, uh, your own ability to, you know, to keep, to keep yourself online and linear, then, then you're going to have a chance to, I guess, be successful. So we throw you know, 70% strikes as a team or 62% strikes. I think it is. And that's major league average. And then, you know, our bats are in the zone a lot. So I don't know when to tell them to take when they know what to feel. I don't know when to tell them what to throw <laughs> when, they, when they can feel the difference, you know? Right, so, right. so I, I guess that to answer your question is that most of them are, are kinesthetic learners. So if you teach to the feel, then, then you can get away with, I guess, random sayings of like, Hey, take a deep breath or, Hey, you know, throw it lower or, you know, swing now or let it travel or like everybody has their own instinct then. So you kind of just sit back and let them do it. Well, I mean, you, you cleared it up for me big time when, when you just reiterated that it's learning by feel and as athletes for ourselves, you know, that's you, we might have challenges, maybe receiving some information at different times, but when we get to the action, that's how we figure it out. That's how we learn our own body and our own kinetic chains and different aspects of that. And, and I could just tell Scott, these kids are very lucky to have somebody that's as, as knowledgeable about the absolutes that do come with the, you know, physiological standpoint of you know, human performance for themselves to be able to uh, get that experience from you and also then pair that with the trust that you're putting in them to be athletes, to be, to, to just go out there and perform to the best of their ability to feel, you know, their own success, because they're going to have to be the ones inside their own bodies and encouraging them to do that. It really, really seems, seems very, very interesting and, and awesome. And I think the only reason that it would scare me is because I don't have the same knowledge that you do, but I, I love the philosophy and I love the mindset that you guys are taking. And uh, man, I, I wish you guys uh, all, all the best of what you guys are continuing to do. I know you got back from, from a road trip today and I don't want to steal you for the uh, entirety of your night, but you shared some awesome information with us tonight for sure and I do want to get to a couple of these other young men um as well too but if you wanted to hang around i definitely would have some other questions for you but if you got to move on i fully understand as well too scott no no i've got time i'm gonna stay around i got a couple of my guys on too so if you need anything from them they'll be more than welcome to chime in I love it. I love it. Have them feel free to uh, to make a request and we'll grant them up and, and get them on here. Uh, I definitely want to hear from the players today, too. And, and with that being said, I wanted to go to uh, a player right now. Um, Dominic, do you mind uh, 
jumping on in and uh, introducing yourself. If, if you got time, I know you're riding home from a game as well. Yeah, I got time, so I'm ready to talk. So, yeah, I'm Dominic Bullock. I'm a senior at Trier National University. I'm a pitcher outfielder. And, uh, yeah, I run an Instagram page at 90 mile an hour chaser where I track my uh, my fitness, my training, and all of that stuff. So, really into the game, really passionate about the game. I'm uh, excited to be on the podcast tonight. I appreciate it, Dominic, big time, man, and and getting in here and uh, and sharing what you're you're doing. I mean, I, I see you pushing, I see you working, and I see you, you know, grinding through the process of of where you want to get. And I know you got some big aspirations for yourself. And uh, you know, I wanted to ask, man, what's what's worked for you? What's worked for you in this process? Uh, even if that, you know, because we're not always going to get the success that we want. But one thing that I feel like I can see from you, without trying to steal your answer, is that, man, you're getting mentally stronger day by day. Yeah, I mean, uh, this season I've really had to battle adversity like no other season in the past. And uh, just one of the things for me is just uh, staying the course and trusting my training. And, uh, you know, I have a program that I stick to and I trust my programming. I trust my coaches. And, uh, yeah, just the, the big thing for me is that I just continue to, to push no matter what. And, uh, you know, like trusting the process has always been big for me. And um, staying steadfast to my faith is another thing. But I know that all things work together for good. You know, it says that in the Bible. And um, ultimately, I do everything to glorify God. And I know that as long as I give my effort, my 100% effort, every day that I'm training, every day that I'm out on the field, that's all that matters. And, uh, you know, I, I have it written on my glove, Proverbs 2139, and it says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. And ultimately, I can only just continue to push hard, but it's, it's just God that gives me results. So um, that's, that's really how I'm able to stay the course. I, I love to hear that, man. And, you know, we got to have some big foundations that support our big aspirations of what we're working towards uh, our, ourselves. Um, is there any advice that you would give, uh, you know, to some fellow players that, you know, cause we've got a lot of, a lot of players on this call and I appreciate you guys being on here definitely and learning from coaches and players together. Um, because like you, I know you guys are all working towards the same thing. And, and as competitors, we all want to be the very best at whatever we're working at. I mean, it wouldn't matter if we were all, checkers players you know and and i know that's a cliche and an easy thing to go to but we all want to be the best at whatever we're working at and that same mentality and attitude is going to be taken into the rest of our lives so you know dominic what what kind of advice do you got for you know your fellow players or anything about you know finding what works for them or or any kind of routines or anything of that nature that you might uh, you know have as a recommendation i mean yeah it all it all starts in, in the mind and that when I say in the mind I mean just a, a commitment and uh, you know you have to be committed to uh, wanting to be the best that you can be and by you know a lot of people can say like you said like everyone wants to be good at something but actually like doing it actually staying faithful to whatever program that uh, you're following in the weight room, uh, whatever throwing program you have, 
that you have to find something that works for you and you have to stick to it and trust it. Because you keep bouncing around from um, different philosophies to different philosophies, or if you keep um, just experimenting with like different drills every day, you got to find a philosophy that you trust, that you like, that you're going to stick with. And that's, that's the long term. And then the short term, um, in terms of game day preparation, is just um, really just like looking internally and seeing your identity as a competitor and how much you uh, really, really want. And for me as a pitcher, like uh, I used to wrestle in high school. So, you know, um, for me, I, I'm used to having one-on-one battles. And when you're on the mound, it's, it's really a one-on-one battle. There's a lot of things that can be uh, surrounding you, runners on base, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just a 1v1 match, you versus the hitter. And what's your mentality right there? you got to want to beat that guy. You, you will never surrender. And that's just the kind of mentality I have when I'm on the mound. It's just me versus the hitter. And uh, what am I going to do to succeed in this moment? And like I said, uh, I had a battle lot the first season, season, but ultimately it's just and being willing and ready to get every opportunity that you get to uh, just keep on fighting. And it's a blessing to be on the field each and every day. And it's a blessing uh, just to be able to play the game. I mean, there's I heard a quote that your your the problems that you have may be the opportunity that someone else would create. So really just even when we battle adversity, uh, it's still a blessing because, I mean, to be able to play this great game of baseball, I I try to not take a single day for granted. So, you know, going back to the long term, just um, finding a training program that you like, that you can stick with, that's fun for you. And then for short term, just identifying yourself. What kind of a competitor are you? What's your approach? What's your philosophy? How are you going to attack the guy? Man, Dominic, I appreciate you ta- taking your, your time. I know you're riding home from a game today, and I appreciate you taking that time to jump in here with us and, and share what you got to share to try to hopefully, uh, you know, just bring some encouragement to your fellow players because guys like and, and players that are on, on here, players that are requesting to speak, guys, I appreciate you stepping outside of your own comfort zones and being willing to speak about something, you know, that, that you believe in, because, uh, you know, maybe as coaches, it's a little bit easier for us to, to talk about things and go about it. But look, I know it's not always as easy uh, to, to step outside and speak on a platform or do anything of that nature as a player. So Dominic, I I really do appreciate your time and, uh, you know, appreciate you squeezing in uh, on the drive, uh, I'm rooting for you on your journey. You know, you're working hard and uh, you know, and this again is an opportunity for you guys as players to see that you're in this room together right now. You're in this environment here. These are the people that you want in your corner. These are the people that are, are working towards what they believe in just the same as you. And this is what our beautiful game of baseball gets to do. It gets a chance to bring us together as people on opposite sides of the country, potentially in different countries, potentially, all because we share a common good of the game of baseball. And yet we can build professional relationships, networking opportunities, and any, any number of things that come through, you know, these different opportunities that the game of baseball presents. So Dominic, I appreciate you and and, uh, your time here today. Uh, I wanted to move to, uh, to another player. Um, 
Michael, if you wanted, uh, if you're available and uh, hadn't kept you long too long, if you wanted to introduce yourself and uh, and I'll ask you a couple questions, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Michael Nairo. I'm a 2023 grad at Padua Franciscan, and I'm a pitcher in the shortstop. Sorry, Michael, didn't, uh, didn't unmute myself there. I appreciate you being on as well, too. I've had the pleasure of, of chatting with Michael. And, and man, I, I see the work that he's putting in himself as well as, a, uh, as just a competitor and somebody that is trying to achieve all, all that they can achieve on, on the baseball field. Michael, what, what's worked for you, man, in, in making the progress that you're making? Uh, I think for, a big thing for me in my whole time playing baseball is listening because my uh, – my high school just got an entire new coaching staff and it's a whole new, I've seen a whole new philosophy of like baseball and it's, it's really helped me see, uh, progress this year. And awesome. uh, yeah, yeah. Another thing I, I'd say is just uh, trust in the process. Like you can't do one thing and expect it. I can't go to the gym one day and expect it to help me. It's got to, you got to do everything over and over for you to get better. I appreciate that, man. Do you got any, uh, I mean, uh, that's some great advice right there in itself. Um, but is there anything in particular as, as far as a throwing program, weight training program, anything that you feel like has worked for you, make some, some gains here more recently that you feel uh, confident in, in wanting to share about or um, anything of that nature that, that can help any of your fellow players? Yeah, one thing I've done is uh, this off season, I've I've really been hitting the gym like probably five, five, six days a week, and then the season started, and obviously for everybody, it's going to be harder to work out when you've got games and practice and all that. But my throwing prog program is I'm long tossing like three, four times a week, other other than when I'm starting pitching, and then plyos, bands, just all that stuff. It's just, it's not just there to do it. It helps you for a reason. And I've, I've learned that and I've seen it. Awesome, man. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I don't want to cut your time short or anything of that nature, but um, is there anything uh, else that you feel like you'd like to share as far as anything else that, that you're learning through this process, what you're enjoying about the philosophy of new coaches or anything of that nature that, that you'd like to share? No, I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this. Absolutely, Michael, man. It's my, my pleasure, big time. Uh, next up, I wanted to bring up uh, Harrison. Harrison, do you want to introduce yourself for me? Absolutely. Thank you very much, Coach. I appreciate you having me on. Um, like Coach said, uh, my name is Harrison Vaughn. I am the assistant head coach at Calvary Day School and uh, first-year teacher. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of playing with uh, with Kirk and then being coached by coach cabana all uh, all during my college career so it's a real pleasure to be on absolutely and uh that's a that's a weird statement if some of you guys don't know but uh harrison was uh my teammate when i when i transferred to a four-year university at the school that i'm currently a full-time assistant coach at when i went and played college baseball at uh at that time i was 31 years old and uh so it, it has been awesome to be a player with to be in the trenches with you guys and know that as a coach, I'm not asking you to do anything that I didn't do myself as, as a person. And then now to get to transition into, into being a coach and just continue to, to just be a colleague, to just be a, a, 
a trusted person that you know is in your corner. You know, I, I I enjoy being a coach, but what I enjoy more than anything is the human connection of having an opportunity to talk with another person that's trying to excel at, at their best level in sport and using this vehicle that we have to become the best version of themselves. And, and it's been an honor to see Harrison, uh, you know, graduate from college, get this coaching opportunity, get this, uh, teaching opportunity as well too so you know harrison through your process of, of going through school graduating especially fresh in it and you know what what's worked for you through this process man what have you learned you know i think the biggest thing that i've learned throughout the entire process of college college baseball um it's it's keeping a, a goal in mind and you know when i was in high school my goal was to be the head coach at my high school and I kept that goal throughout my entire college playing career. And then, you know, at the end of it, over this past year, having the opportunity to, to be able to step into the school that I attended as a high school student, as a PE teacher, and then have the opportunity to jump straight in uh, in the assistant head coaching role on their, uh, their varsity program. I couldn't, have, I couldn't have asked for anything more given, given the opportunities that I had. Um, but I think the biggest thing with it is, is like I said, keeping that goal in mind. Um, I think if there's one thing that's more detrimental than anything to, to athletes and to, you know, people in general, it's complacency. Um, if you don't have a goal or an end result that you are pushing towards and you allow yourself to become complacent in what you're doing, it, nothing is going to work out because if you want to accomplish anything in life, be that within athletics or be that within a career or as a father, as a husband, as a, a member of your family, the most important thing you can do as a person is to not be complacent, to set a goal, have that as the end result and do everything in your power along the way to accomplish that goal and see it through. And, you know, sometimes those goals may change. They may be adjusted to a degree, but as long as you are on a path working towards something um, with with an end goal and end result in mind, uh, I think there's there's nothing more important that you could be doing. But just you know, preventing complacency because I think I, along with along with most people, have a tendency to you know want to be complacent, want to be comfortable in what you're doing. But you know, if if you have a goal in mind or something you want to accomplish a lot of times you're going to have to step outside of that comfort zone, step outside of what you may feel like you want to do or what may be the easiest thing to do, but to go forward, remove that complacency, remove any, any level of what may be immediate comfort in order to attain what you're pushing for. That being that, that end goal, that end result. Harrison, man, that that's awesome, dude. And, and just to hear from yourself, that you you know you've got this had this goal of of being the head coach at your high school and and I know you're you're close you're going to keep working and you're in the you're in the doors <laughs> and now all you got to do is continue walking through and inevitably you'll end up being where you're at and you know you you talking about complacency like that really reminded me of an Earl Nightingale uh, saying from the the strangest secret and I'll botch it a little bit but he, he talks about we conform. And we conform to the wrong things. And that's really where where things come from. And that's really what made me think about complacency. Many times we just, 
accept and go in a direction that we're not even necessarily guiding ourselves. So, you know, I got a, an abundance of respect for, for you as a young man and as a young coach that is moving towards, uh, you know, the direction of, the, of their life that they want to be moving intentionally. So man, proud of you and everything that you've continued to do. And, uh, do you got anything else that you'd, uh, you'd enjoy sharing with, uh, with the audience or anybody else that you feel like, uh, you know, you can help today. I really would just like to add, you know, everything that, that you're doing with, with pursuit for purpose, with training athletes, training coaches to go about things in the right way to, to work in the direction that you need to be working, to think about the things that we need to be thinking about as coaches, as athletes, as, as people, as productive members of society. Um, you know, I really appreciate everything you're doing with that. And, you know, I'd encourage encourage anybody else that's on this or listening to it at a later date to, you know, really soak it up, pay attention, um, and, and really take it for what it's worth. Uh, there's, there's a lot of personal growth that goes along with, with athletics and with being, being a person. And I think that, you know, everything that you're doing here and able to share with everybody, just having the right mindset for, for what you're working towards is a, is a wonderful thing, but I, I really appreciate you having me on coach. Absolutely, Harrison, man. And and you can expect your check in the mail for that uh, ringing endorsement right there, man. So I appreciate that wholeheartedly. Uh, and, and again, man, I'm rooting for you big time. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, Martin. Martin, uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, my name is Marty. I'm the starting catcher at Mid-Michigan Community College. And um, like I've heard a lot of great stuff out here, you know, um, all about stepping out of your comfort zone. And I just want to share a little bit of my story and just like what it means to have people in your corner that are going to push you, that are going to be there for you and support you more than anything and how that's going to lead to a lot of your success if you find the right people. Absolutely, Marty. I love to hear that right off the bat, man. Right off the bat, I love to hear that for sure. Um, are, or did you get a chance to catch, uh, catch both of those games, uh, both of those no-hitters? I did, actually, yeah. I was blessed enough to go to war with those guys. Awesome, man. That's, that's an amazing experience, I'm sure, indeed. And uh, are you also the, uh, the 23-year-old catcher that your coach was talking about? <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> you ain't going to scare me off of that. Like I said, man, I went back and played Juco ball at 30. So, you know, uh, I got, I got seven years on you there, but, but really, uh, you know, I'll say this before, um, before letting you, you tell me a little bit about your story, dude, you're the guy I'm rooting for. You're, you're the person that I, you know, I wish that I, I, I wish I would have gone back at 24, 25. I thought about it, but I knew I wasn't ready yet to be a student. And that's the biggest thing. You know, you got to commit to the academic side of success as well. And, uh, and that's part of why I wanted to do it, because I want guys your age to know it doesn't matter what happened through 18 through 22. You have this chance right now to use baseball as a vehicle to help you get ahead in life wherever it decides to take you. So proud of you, man, that you're still you know, following through with the game of baseball and letting it take you where it is supposed to take you. I appreciate that a lot, man. So, so tell me, what's worked for you, man? Tell me a little bit about your story. So... I mean, I didn't catch all of what Pitt told you about me, but um, coming off surgery and actually getting cut from a program, you know, I was down in the dumps a lot mentally. Just didn't know where I was going to be, didn't know what I was going to do, even if I was going to play baseball again. Um, it's kind of crazy in that pick as I was catching bullpens for an uh, indie ball team. And, um, man, from, from the get-go, he believed in me. And that's, like, the first thing that I feel like a lot of people talk about determination, stepping out of the comfort zone. But man, if you have someone that believes in you, it, it allows you to take that step with a lot of confidence and not worry. Um, so, yeah, so made the jump, man. I, like, I, uh, I think Harrison said it, jumping out of the comfort zone. I came all the way back across country, 
and I decided to play baseball again. Um, one thing that's worked for me the most was mid allows us to be ourselves. Um, we're about 25, 30 guys that <laughs> we come from all walks of life, but we all come together as a family and it all gels really well together. That's because of how loose it is at practice and at our games. Sorry, man, that, that mute button gets me a couple of times here on Twitter spaces, but man, that's, that's awesome to, to hear from your, your experience of what you've gotten in and the environment that you guys are cultivating over there at mid Michigan, man. Uh, it, it sounds like a fun place to, to be a part of and, you know, put the group together, you know, um, uh, you know, nobody, I, I personally don't care about weather. Uh, you know, I'm a California kid, so I, I only was ever used to it. But I've just loved having my eyes opened to now being in North Carolina to just see how much talent is around the country, regardless of what state we're in. Um, how do you guys as, as, a, as a program and, and as just players, how do you guys uh, come together to overcome the adversity of weather? So, yeah, that's actually – we actually faced that this weekend. And, um, you know, like I say it's my coach all the time, we're a pack of wolves. Whether it be weather, whether it be another team, whether it be a bad situation, we come together and we push each other. Um, it might be a joke like, oh, it's not that cold. Like me and uh, one of our starting pitchers always say, man, it feels like sunny California out here. It'll be 15 degrees out. So we just try to make the best of every situation that we're put in. I love it, man. That, that's, that's a great mentality for sure. And, you know, let, let me ask you, a, you know, real quick personal question, especially as a, uh, as an, as an older player returning to college, battling back through injuries, you know, um, what, what do you, what, what are you trying to uh, succeed with? What are you trying to do here? Where, where are you trying to let baseball take you? Well, uh, that's a crazy question, but, um, I know God has a bigger plan for me than what I want to do. And well, when it comes to me, I want to be the best I could possibly be and hopefully play professional baseball coming this summer. Absolutely, man. I mean, and, and as a competitor, I wouldn't expect you to say anything less than, you know, to, to compete towards what you believe in. And, and again, knowing that, you know, there is a bigger plan for us that you'll be delivered to where you're supposed to be delivered to and whatever you find yourself in. I know it sounds like you're going to give everything you've got, man. So I, I appreciate you jumping on and, and sharing what you got to share. Is, is there anything else that you'd uh, enjoy sharing here uh, today with, with anybody else that you could possibly uh, give as a vote of confidence some encouragement? Uh, yeah. Um, last thing I can say, man, never give up on yourself. Um, no matter what you're put through, just keep going. Even if it's one step at a time, one inch at a time, just keep moving forward no matter where it's at. I love to hear that, man. I, and, and I'm right there with you and I fully believe and endorse that statement. Uh, you gotta, uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, halfway joking but also serious that i want to try to uh go around the country and put together an all you know 20 something plus uh junior college team type of thing in terms of uh, in, in terms of all americans that are of that level and everything so i i appreciate you you know sharing what you got i love the journeys of all the different players that get to use baseball, like I said, as this vehicle. So I appreciate your time today and, uh, you know, wishing you the best, man. 100%. Thank you. Lake show, baby. <laughs> hey, Miles, how about you, man? You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm a 2020 high school grad. So 2024, 2025 uh, college graduate over playing baseball at mid-Michigan College as a right-handed pitcher. So under Scott Pickens, Coach Pick, uh, and then teammate as well as Jake who just 
got off the uh, phone. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Were you uh, one of the lucky two to get a chance to uh, throw a no-hitter this weekend? I was, yeah, just this past, uh, or about four hours ago. Yeah, this Saturday. Oh, man. So, all right, all right. Regale me in that experience real fast, man. Yeah, so, I don't know, it was just, it was cold today, so that was on a lot of everybody's minds, as uh, Marty just said, uh, but we kind of battled through it, just did big on my big on my routine, as Coach Pick had mentioned, uh, I like, I'm a huge routine guy, huge preparation guy. So I was just, I was on that, got my sleep in the night before, um, did what I needed to do for today, did my warm up, all that. So I was feeling really good. And then just by staying warm on the in between innings, staying loose, staying hot, and just going back out and doing, doing what I do best and just going out there and competing and giving the team the best chance to win. It was just, defense made great plays to help help keep the no hitter intact and hitters did the ball hit the ball well to get us the lead and that's kind of it it was just it was a fun experience for everybody uh, i bet so man i bet so for sure and congratulations on that that accomplishment for sure um man uh, you know you talked about your routine you talked about you know just the aspect of you know kind of working on some things that you can control What's worked for you, you know, outside of this performance today and getting to do this, this to, to bring that routine, to bring that pre-performance success to the actual field, you know, what's worked for you uh, prior today to get you to today? Yeah. So I am a big, a, a big supporter, big, uh, big guy that believes heavily in routine and preparation. And I know coach pick had uh, talked about that. So I'm just going to kind of piggyback that and kind of, lead off in my own direction but uh yeah so I came about a year ago a year and a half ago I'd say uh, my fall season as a college athlete that was kind of when I first realized of the task that was in front of me and how much of a routine or the preparation I really needed to have to be able to excel at the highest level and so I, I just took everything I went to on to a uh a development pitching uh facility called top velocity and I learned a lot there and took a lot of what I've learned there and put it in, put it into work here up at mid Michigan and have helped try to help others as well in that process. But I really prioritize nutrition, eating the right food, eating enough food to put on weight, um, sleeping. That's huge for your recovery. Just be able to go out every five, seven days and pitch as well as you possibly can. And then staying uh, in the gym. So lifting our five, four or five days a week, staying up on that. So, so your body is always flushing out bad fluids and keeping updated. And so you're just always ready to go and go and go. And so I've really prioritized that in the past year and a half and have built on it, just learning other information from coach pick from the facility. I went down top velocity, other coaches, other players, just trying to build the biggest breadth of knowledge that I possibly can and apply it to myself. And that's just kind of what I've done. And I've dealt with some, just some tendonitis or elbow issues or like that, just got on a program, did that kind of stuff, stayed on the routine. And just as Marty had just said, keep going as, as much as you can just keep going, uh, every inch as you, whatever it takes just to keep going keep going, keep going. And yeah. Absolutely, man. Miles, I want to, I want to compliment you on, uh, you know, the way you're conducting yourself. You sound like a young man that's got a real good head on his shoulders. And, uh, you know, I, I, 
I really appreciate you sharing those aspects of your routine, what has worked for you and, and, you know, where it's continuing to take you. The one thing that you said in there that, that really resonated with me a lot was what you've learned. You're trying your best to pass along to your teammates. You know, t- tell me about that experience of, um, of taking the knowledge that you've, you've gained and then trying to give that back. Yeah. So whether it be guys struggling mechanically or, with nutrition or sleep or lifting or mobility because that's also a big thing in pitching especially um i just try to take whatever i've learned throughout either from top velocity coach pick other experiences i've had and just try to if someone's struggling in in one area whether like i just said nutrition or whatever i try to get them on like the right path or just try to give them a little hint of knowledge just to try to see if they can hop on that routine and just try to better themselves and I'm just, I'm like, I was talking about mobility. I I'll try to help like I, guys struggle with mobility in general. It's always just a thing that kind of takes a backseat I feel. And so I've prioritized that a lot. So I'll see guys that maybe lack mobility or ranges of motion in their body and then try to give them a few stretches or a few little tips and tricks of little mobility routines and see if that helps. And just to try to tell them, make sure you guys do this every every day because if you do it once sure it's not gonna it's not gonna help you in the long run you just got to keep adding keep adding keep adding, and that's what the routine's about what's that's what the preparation's about and that's where you're gonna achieve your goals when you stay on that type of routine i love it man that's that's some some great stuff and i appreciate you being the teammate that that you are uh to your other guys um you know before uh before we uh you know end our time uh, chatting a- anything else that that you did want to share or or just convey or send as far as words of encouragement or anything like that yeah so i just i heard uh, maybe a few speakers ago talking about finding a goal and i think that's really big and even if it's a small goal or small weekly daily goals just being able to achieve those every single day and trending upwards or in the right direction that's going to be huge just not only physically or in your skill in the game but mentally and uh, psychologically that's just going to help you and make sure that you're staying on those routines because you see a little small victory then you'll go get another small victory and that's just going to keep building and building and building into a bigger goal that you may have whether that whether that be to play college baseball or to play pro baseball whether whatever that goal may be those small goals will help you achieve that bigger goal and whatever you got to do that preparation, that routine to sort of figure out what works for you best to achieve those goals is how you're going to be able to go to the next level or do whatever you want to do and achieve whatever you want to do in life. Well said, man. Well said. Uh, congratulations again on, on the no hitter and uh, we're wishing you guys continued success as the season goes along. And I was just telling somebody else, man, we, we wait, 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 wait for this season to get here and it's gone in the blink of an eye. So, I mean, yeah, enjoy, enjoy the rest of this, this run that you guys are continuing to go on. And, and I appreciate you making yourself, uh, you know, available tonight and sharing with us uh, some of your experiences as well. Definitely. Definitely. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Absolutely. Thanks miles. Yep. Uh, before we get back to, uh, you know, I know we're, we've, we've, Gone a little bit over the the nine o'clock mark, but I've, guys, I'm just really enjoying the conversation. Anybody that does have to uh, move on, I fully do understand. And I did want to ask, uh, you know, uh, Coach Zach and Coach Scott uh, another question, but wanted to give uh, Brian a chance to uh, to share real fast. Br- Brian, uh, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, Coach, can you hear me okay? Can hear you good. All right, awesome. I have AirPods, and I wasn't sure if you'd uh, be able to hear me well, but um, yeah. 
I'm Brian Deegan. I attend uh, Carolina University. Um, once had Coach Cabana to my uh, to my left and right field um, at the beginning of uh, my time at uh, at once Piedmont International. But um, I'm an outfielder. I'm a senior, and um, yeah, I'm just excited to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Well, uh, Deegan, I appreciate you you being on here and, and sharing a little bit about what's worked for you in your journey as you continue to, uh, you know, go through the college experience. Um, you know, don't don't let him humble himself too much. He's, uh, you know, came here at the start of a program, uh, same mentality as myself, so just wanting to be a part of building something. And, you know, I wish I had the talent level as a, as an old guy going back playing baseball as a young buck that, uh, Brian Deegan does. Um, but you know, he'll, he'll leave and graduate with his name in the record books of, of school history and, uh, make it challenging for, uh, these next players to come into the fold and, uh, you know, try to break those records. So, uh, Deegan, uh, you know, tell me what's worked for you, you know, through your college process and, and what's worked for you this year. Yeah. So pretty much, um, I, I was not very highly recruited out of high school, to be completely honest. Um, you know, I was one of six seniors that graduated in uh, 2018. Um, and I was the only one actually that uh, actually committed that summer going into uh, college. I wasn't originally going to play college or baseball. It was kind of honestly a last second decision. Um, but I was the only one out of the six that did not play um, high division one or high division two baseball out of my high school. Um, so, you know, I had a little bit more of a chip on my shoulder, I feel like, than anybody else at my high school. Um, you know, we had dudes across the board, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Um, I just, I was always in my eyes, I guess, I was always viewed as the dark horse, I guess. Um, but one kind of thing that I guess what this discussion is about is what's worked for me. Um, I, the biggest thing I would probably say is just never give up. You know, I would just say, you know, if you believe in something and if you believe that, you know, you are good enough or you have enough uh, talent to to go to the next level of whatever sport it is, whether it be baseball or anything else, um, you know, just believe in that, I guess. You know, I wasn't like I said, I wasn't planning to play college baseball. Um, it was kind of a last second um, offer that I got from at the time Piedmont International University. Um, and it was it was never until I guess I got to college where I. You know, coaches always talk about, uh, you know, you'll be better at this game when they say you figured it out, or I guess you figure it out. Um, and that was not, I was a very, very, I caught on to that very, very late. You know, you get guys, you know, in high school and everything else that it seems like they catch on and they figure it out a lot sooner than others. Um, but I was a little bit of a late bloomer when it came to that. Um, you know, college is when I figured it out. You know, I had my first, you know, career, you know, from when I was eight years old to now, or I guess at that time, 18 years old, you know, I had my first home run and, you know, I thought I was the hottest thing there possibly was because I never hit one before. Um, you know, and that's kind of, that all goes back to, you know, knowing that I was, you know, I feel like my skill level and my talent level is under others, but, you know, doing what I needed to do and knowing that and putting in that work that I feel like took me to the place I'm at now, and I guess, um, records at, you know, Carolina and everything else, you know, that, that isn't, um, I guess what coach Cabana would sometimes say, that's not me. That's the work that I've put in over the last four years of being in college. You know, it's something that wasn't just, I guess, handed to me or that I, you know, 
I had a, I had a skill and I had a talent that I had to work towards to, I guess, get to where I am now. Um, you know, it, it wasn't something that, you know, just given, I had to work my butt off for, you know, everything that I've accomplished. And I've, you know, just tried my hardest to, you know, share that, especially now that I'm a senior with younger guys on our team, you know, we have, you know, a couple of, you know, freshmen on our team that, you know, they're wondering like, Oh, you know, why am I not playing? Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing like, why am I not getting my chance? And it's, it, it all kind of circles back to, you know, you had to take a year or two to learn, I guess, or, you know, sit back and just watch and examine and learn from the older guys like myself and, you know, anybody else on the team. Um, you know, it just, you know, it's a fun experience, um, you know, and just, you know, sharing my story about, you know, always being the dark horse and coming from, you know, a very talented area and, you know, being the, the smaller, I guess, of the, of the pack. Um, but just like I said, yeah, just hard work and um, believing in myself and just never giving up on what, I think I should be able to do and what I think is right. And just going along and trusting that process that coach Cabana always preaches. Absolutely, man. No, Deegan, I appreciate you sharing, you know, a little bit about your, your testimony there. And, and I can attest to, you know, that testimony that man, I've seen you put in the work for the past four years and transform yourself physically and, and mentally to give yourself the best chance to continue, you know, competing on a team where at one point you're one of the only good players on a, bad team, frankly. And now, you know, a couple of years later from freshman year where we went nine and 24 to this year being 27 and 11 and now on a 17 game win streak, it's fun to see the transformation. It's fun to be a part of that, that growth process. And it takes, you know, young leaders like yourself who buy into that process and stay through that process to, uh, to see something cultivate and, and grow. But we've been watering that plant for a long time. And uh, just like you said, the, these wins that we're getting, the streak that we're on, this is a testament to the work that's been happening behind the doors. And now we get to bring it to the field. So I appreciate you sharing what you got to share here uh, today. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wish you continued success, man, as, as you continue moving forward in life, as you chase uh, being a champion in every direction that, that you're working towards. Um, guys, guys, I know I've, uh, you know, kept you a while, but, uh, you know, Coach Zach and Coach Scott, uh, if I can bring you guys, uh, you know, both back in for, um, you know, just kind of a wrap up toward type of thing. Uh, I'd really enjoy hearing from you guys again, maybe after hearing from some of these players, some of your own players, Coach Scott, uh, you know, what, what's what, what's your guys's purpose for, for why you're you're serving uh, these players and what you're trying to do? Um, well, I mean, what I'm trying to do with my guys is just get them to understand so they can, they can take their career as far as they want. You know, some guys might show up to practice and pay attention to much as they want to. And then there's other guys that's the first time they've ever heard it. So to me, I just want to be available for them. And some guys like to work extra and some guys like to work just a little bit. So as long as I'm there for them and then when they need the question or you can see frustration in their face, then maybe that's about the time you can start talking to them. And then, um, yeah, I guess, I guess just be in there for them. It's just, you know, my time was over with, so now I'm making time for others and getting a chance to pay it back. That's, that's, I guess the, uh, the focus for me. I appreciate that Scott, uh, big, big time. What, what about you, Zach? It's just seeing, uh, 
uh, young men come into a program and seeing that what they believe in themselves and what they don't believe in themselves and then, you know, teaching them and then coaching them to their potential. And sometimes they exceed that. It's just seeing their continual growth, getting 1% better every single day, which is, is just what drives me uh, on the ball field and in the classroom. And just that learning opportunity is just a beautiful sight to see. And it's, and it's just wonderful seeing young men and women uh, in our program. Uh, just just grow every single day, whether they're an athlete or on the staff. It's just it's really cool seeing how far everyone has grown. I think that's what makes uh, our program at Charleston a very special thing. Uh, I love to hear that, and I definitely think that's a a part of your guys's process as well. Too is just I, I enjoy hearing and and experiencing it through you know, just what you guys do share and making yourselves open and available to, you know, that ability to not only share and help the players that are coming into your program, but the people that aren't even a part of it, like myself, who still feel in some weird way connected to the people that are inside of it and want to do whatever I can to bring, you know, an ounce of that kind of same energy into the group of coaches that I, that I get to be around. So, uh, you know, I think that, you know, both, both of you guys, uh, Zach and Scott, what what you guys are doing and what I love just even hearing from the both of you is the dichotomy of of your two different programs and how awesome each individual is. And even Zach, you know, I had seen where you had sent the message about, um, you know, not not really thinking about it from that perspective. But I just love this this opportunity, this forum. We all get to learn from each other and we can take what we hear with a grain of salt. Or we can take what we hear and and apply it into an area that can be utilized in our life. And, uh, you know, so I, I appreciate you guys both being available. Um, I appreciate everybody that's taken the time to speak here on the panel today. Uh, I, I wanted to give you guys uh, an opportunity um, you know, for the last word. I, I know that we have some more requests uh, potentially to speak and everything, but uh, I've gone over the time that I usually allot for stealing anybody else's time. So uh, Coach Zach, if you don't mind uh, giving us, uh, you know, your, your last word and then Coach Scott will come to you. I thought tonight was a wonderful panel uh, in regards to the coaches and the players. Just really cool seeing how everyone has, is growing and improving. Uh, it's just really cool just as a, just some ways a young coach and just seeing how the mental game and routines have really grown to where it's more mainstream. And I think that's not only helping the game of baseball grow, but it's also helping each of these athletes uh, become better people and not be in, not be as stressed in a stressful world. So it was really, really cool seeing everyone uh, just discuss that. And I think our game is on a very, very fantastic path. And I'm very, very excited for the future of our game of baseball. I, I agree, I agree whole, wholeheartedly, and I appreciate your time, uh, your your wisdom, and your experience that that you've taken in to share with us today. Uh, I, I do really believe that that our our sport is on a, on a good path, especially as we start to connect uh, the bigger picture, you know, to to the sport that we're getting to play. How about you, Coach Scott? What's your last word for us? Um, yeah, just going off of what Zach said, I mean, the routine is what we preach, and that's the biggest part of it. And, 
you know, if you don't know much of what your routine should be, and then you, you barely add to it, and then maybe some of your teammates do certain things, or maybe some of the things you've experienced, you can pass along and, and getting them to slowly build that and then see that success. That's what the coaches parts about. Um, but watching that player buy into it, that's, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Cause then, you know, you did your job. And once you did your job, you know, it's, it's up to them to have as much fun as fun with their careers, what they want with it. Um, so this is the, all these forums are good, uh, because they, they, you know, you might speak for an hour, but you might pick up a couple things. So it's good that the players get involved and the coaches get involved and you do these things for the community. Um, but yeah, just basically a routine. That's the biggest thing, you know, whether it's eating or sleeping habits and getting more rest and recovery and the deeper you sleep, the more you recover. I mean, you know, you can't eat bad and sleep bad and then, and then expect yourself to, you know, have a good lift and then have that grow. So it's, it's good to just, just nail down your routine and find out what works for you and, and, and take it for what you need. Scott, that's some, some beautiful words of, of athletic encouragement, because at the end of the day, you know, you, you're <laughs> reminds me of a, uh, briefly, I'll tell you, it reminds me of a, of a little Zig Ziglar story where he, where he talks about, you know, if you had a million dollar racehorse, would you let it stay up all night, drinking cigarettes, playing video games and, you know, wasting its time? And it's, a, a, of course not. But if, in you know, would you do that for, uh, you know, a, a $10 dog or, you know, a $5 cat, you know, well, what about a billion dollar body? Well, you know, but that's ours, you know, but we don't even think about the fact that we don't take care of ourselves the best of our abilities for what our goals claimed to, to be processing in our mind. So I, I appreciate you making sure to share that aspect of as much as we want to be performers, as much as we want to reach our peak level of, of athleticism, it takes an extreme amount of discipline and an extreme amount of intentional action to do that. And it really sounds like your kids are in, you know, the right program to be able to help them understand their bodies as well as, as their minds. And uh, I, I encourage uh, everybody that, that might be in here that's, uh, you know, at the college age to look into both of these programs because they're both, uh, you know, got, got good people in the program. So Scott, I appreciate you being here with us tonight, Zach, I appreciate you being here as well. And, and everybody that's spoken on, on the panel, uh, thank you guys so much for your time. And thank you everybody that's uh, been in here listening to it uh, for a, hour and 15 minutes of uh, hearing us all flap our gums. So appreciate everybody. And, and thanks again for the opportunity to learn from you. And, and, and I know that might be lost on some of you, but I can't express how grateful I am that other people are pouring into other people because I'm one of those people. I'm one of the people that's learning from what you have to say. And I'm still trying to chase my best version of myself and uh, hearing things like I've heard today from everybody on the panel and from our coaches that have shared, you guys helped me get better. And, and I can't thank you enough for that opportunity to grow here today with you guys. So uh, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you everybody. And we'll, we'll be back with us uh, next week and uh, looking forward to another great conversation. Thank you guys again for your time.